into it. So the Olympics are coming up and everyone's looking how to be a faster runner or, or, or quicker competitor. And uh, there's historical evidence that shaving your head makes you run faster. Because the ancient Egyptians did it. The ancient Egyptians shaved their heads so they could be more pharaoh-dynamic. Oh, that's bad, I know. Romans chapter 4. What is a wide receiver? Now, we're teaching on being faithful in the book of Romans as a, as a broader subject matter, to have our faith full. Well, specifically... Each chapter kind of carries with it a theme. So in Romans chapter 4, really the theme is being a wide receiver. So that's what we'd like to look at in these 25 verses of Scripture. What is a wide receiver anyway? It's not a big fat guy, okay? But a wide receiver is a ball receiver. That's basically what they do. In the game of American football, they are a pass-catching specialist. Their principal role is to catch the ball from the quarterback. Well, there's a key word to understanding chapter 4 in the book of Romans. And when you're going into something, it's nice to know what the theme is. The theme is this word, receiving. Receiving. And, and I pray that tonight maybe God would help us to look at being the wide receiver for the Lord. Jesus being the quarterback, and he's throwing us the things that we need to receive. Have you ever seen a wide receiver in a football game? They've got their, their hands kind of open. They, they run that pass route, and they look back, and their hands are out. Is it any wonder that we start our services? And I know that prayer, praise is a position of the heart, but people, weigh, they lift their hands up to the Lord. Why? Because I'm getting ready to receive something from God. We should come to the house of God every, every time we come, whether it's inside or outside. But, but we should want to receive something from God because God has something for your life. So the key word is receiving. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, uh, he said, basically, what, have, what, have you, what do you have that you didn't receive? He said, God has given you everything let's look at verse one what shall we say then that abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found now the jews claimed abraham as their father and so do the muslims and so do the christians but paul principally was talking to the jews but the abrahamic religions are judaism islam and christianity but he said what is what did abraham found let's see what abraham found and we're going to find that abraham received some things how did abraham get to his position with god verse two for if abraham were justified by works he hath whereof to glory but not before God. Have you ever seen someone that was really good at something and they like showed off because they had a bunch of money or they had a car and they could, they could glory because they did something. You know, they were, maybe they were early to work and got the good parking space. And there are things that are works, but the Bible says that Abraham, if he did works, he couldn't be justified before God. His works might've looked good to others, but not before God. 
So where is the first receiving? Verses 3 to 12, we read that Abraham received righteousness. Abraham received righteousness. I remember speaking to a man where I used to work. And I asked him, I guess, you know, what type of believer he was. Because he, he was involved in something. And I said, are you this? And he said, well, I'm studying to become one. And I'm thinking, that's not Christianity. But, you know, in Christianity, we need to stop on, oh, I'm trying to be perfect or I'm trying to do this and realize if we're going to be a biblical Christian, we need to start with the attitude, I need to receive what God has for me. Abraham received what? Righteousness. All of his money didn't impress God. All of his uh, trained servants didn't impress God. But God's righteousness, Abraham received it. He was a wise man. What, for what saith the scripture, verse 3, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. I believe that's Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. And then the Bible gives us an understanding. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now if you have a job, and you work for that job, the reward isn't, what's the reward for a job? Your paycheck, right? It's not grace. You deserve it. It's a debt that your employer has to you. You come and sacrifice your time and spill coffee on yourself on the way to, the work, to work. And you work all day. You come home. That's not grace at the end of the week. No, it's like, hey, I'm going to say thank you, but I worked for that paycheck every week, every month, every two weeks. And that's what the Bible said. If you work for something, then the reward, that's not grace. God owes you if you work for it. You know, and I, I just, I had this right here. Um, you know, sometimes if we can get focused on like, like living for God by works. You know, I go to church because I'm a Christian. I don't go to church to impress God. I don't go to church to be a Christian. I love my wife, not so I can impress God, but because I am a Christian. Because if we get into this work attitude, in Luke chapter 18, these two men went up to the temple to pray. And one was a Pharisee and one was a publican, which was a tax collector. They were despised in Israel. So the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He wasn't even talking to God. He was talking to himself because he had all these works, right? He said, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican and probably looked at God. Look, look at this creature. He said, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all I possess. And so what is he doing? He's comparing himself to the other guy saying, man, I am good. I do so much more than that. Have you ever done that? You know, you're... Well, I did this before I got saved. I'm like, well, at least I'm not a murderer. You know, you're comparing yourself like, yeah, I've done all this stuff, but I'm not a murderer. I'm not a prostitute. And that's exactly what he's doing. And then the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, God, I just need your mercy. And then Jesus said, I tell you, this man, speaking of that publican that asked for mercy, went down to his, his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and every 
and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And before we get into uh, the grace of God and receiving God's righteousness, let me caution you because as a Christian or even in a marriage, in any relationship, we can become resentful. Well, what's resentful? It's kind of like being bitter because it's a product of comparison. When you have two people, and it can be you and God, you and your spouse, you and a person at work, and if you begin to compare yourself to them, well, I do more than them. I wash the dishes. They don't wash the dishes. I cook, and you know, I clean the room. Or at work, you know, I do this and I do that, and they don't do this. It is the death trajectory of any relationship. Our relationship with God is not built on what we do for God, but what God did for us on the cross. And let me tell you, when I was uh, some, some years ago, and I told this to another preacher, I said, man, I was getting resentful as a Christian. Why? Because I would do stuff for other people in my mind, right? And I didn't feel like it was reciprocated you know I'm, I'm not saying that i you know just in your mind you keep this score you know that's and don't tell me that no one's ever knows what i'm talking about people do it in marriage they do it at work well i'm not appreciated and you begin to resent people and i carried this burden around on my shoulders and wondered what it was until i realized huh i am working for god with some expectation that he owes me and I, and I went before the Lord after I realized what was going on, that I was getting bitter and resentful. And I said, Lord, whatever I do, I just do it as unto the Lord. I don't expect anything, anything from anybody. And all of this burden came off me because I realized, man, God's given me way, 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 way more than I've ever done for him. I received his grace. So the Bible says, but to him that worketh not, that's what I joined of, joined that group, verse five, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. As, as newborn babes, what do you do? You're not contributing to the household. You don't tell a two month old, clean your room. They mess things up, okay? They mess their diapers. They mess up everything, right? They throw up all over the place. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk. What do they do? They just drink. They receive whatever you give them. And as a Christian, we should do that too. We should receive the word of God that we can grow. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 8, and I'll kind of get... I don't want to get behind. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And then you skip down to verse 8. It shall be health to thy navel. What's a navel? It's your belly button. When you're a baby, you get all of your nourishment from your mom. And faith in God is how you get all of your nourishment. It didn't say, work hard for God and he'll love you. No, just receive trust in him and it'll be health to your navel. It doesn't mean your belly button will be clean. That's not what it meant. It, that means that uh, you will be fed through that, uh, 
that, uh, the way, that conveyance that God made. God desires to fill us up that our joy might be full. Even as verse 6, even as David, and this is from Psalm, I think, 32, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth or gives righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Come at this blessing thing. Come at, you know what? It's a blessing that uh, you can get out of something by just the grace of God. Now, I'm not condoning sin. But if you've ever done something wrong, and I, I remember I've shared this story before when I was speeding and got pulled over, and I was guilty. I mean, I was guilty. I earned it. I would have earned the ticket, okay? So what did you do? I didn't want to pay the ticket. I didn't want to pay the ticket. <laughs> and uh, so I prayed. The, the cop got my, my stuff. And my wife was in the car and I just like, I pointed up to heaven and I said, Jesus, get me out of this ticket. (laughs) You can't do that. But I did. The cop came back and he said, well, just, you know, slow it down, sir. And, you know, give you a warning. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Blessed are they say, well, the sin wasn't imputed. Jesus let me out of it. Just like Jesus forgave me of my sins on the cross. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to know Jesus. <laughs> then it said, now Paul said, cometh this blessedness then on the circumcision or the Jews only? Is it only for the Jews? Or upon the uncircumcision also? That means the non-Jews. That's all of us here. And he's making an argument. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. So we established that. There's where the blessing is. That Abraham believed God. So if Abraham believed God, is the blessing of Abraham only for the Jews or is it for us too? And well, what is the rule of blessing of Abraham anyway? The blessing of Abraham, you know, when you say bless you to a brother, those are like blessings in general. And uh, hey, brother, you're a blessing. Hey, that new, you know, phone is a blessing and uh, bless you, brother. Well, then there's the blessing. But what's the blessing? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that's you and me, through Jesus Christ. The blessing, what what Jacob stole from his brother Esau, that was the blessing of Jesus Christ. That was the blessing. And so when, when it talks about the blessing of Abraham, that's getting Christ through Abraham, through faith. So... Let's look at how it was reckoned, how that righteousness came to Abraham. How was it reckoned in verse 10? When he was in circumcision? Was Abraham circumcised when he believed God? Or in uncircumcision? Now, circumcision, if you don't know, was a delicate surgical uh, procedure done on a man, not on a woman. And it was a sign for Jews. It was an outward sign of the covenant. It doesn't mean anything to a Christian. And that's why Paul is writing this. And then he says, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. When Abraham believed God, he was around 75. And it's in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. When he received circumcision, the sign of the circumcision, Abraham was around 99. It's about 24 years later when he received the sign of the circumcision. And that's Genesis 17 
and verse 10. So when he believed God, he was just like a non, he was a non uh, Jew, if you please. He didn't have that sign. That means that we don't have to have the circumcision, the outward sign to have faith given to us and the righteousness of Christ through trusting him, just like Abraham. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. It's talking about the circumcision that came later. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised. That righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet being uncircumcised. Have you ever read the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew and it goes, this one begat and begat and begat. You know, this one had this one and this one had this one. You remember Boaz? Boaz was a Jew and he married a foreigner, a Gentile named Ruth. And he was really mean before he got married. He was ruthless before he got married. <laughs> but, but he married a non-Jew. What was that showing? And, and who was Boaz's mom? Boaz's mom was actually from Jericho. Boaz's mom was a career working woman named Rahab. <laughs> so all of these are in there. Did you know that? It was all connected. So he probably had a tender spot for someone who wasn't a Jew because he was raised by someone who wasn't a Jew. Rahab was a harlot or a prostitute. But these women were in the genealogy of Jesus to show us that Judaism isn't the main focus of Jesus, that Jesus was to be not just the king of the Jews, but to be the Lord of all, you and me as well. So to receive the righteousness of Christ, John chapter 1 and verse 11 and 12, it's really on receiving, isn't it? The Bible said he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. They crucified him. But in John chapter 1 and verse 12, notice, but as many as received him. And that's really all it is. So, uh, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. When you pray, Say, preacher, I need to confess all my sins. Have you ever heard that? Well, I need to confess all my sins. What if you forget one? In eighth grade, you stole that bubble gum and you know stuck it under the you know the teacher's hair or something like that. I forgot. <gasps> preacher, I just forgot. Right. That's not what the Bible says. It says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth what the Lord Jesus. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised them from the dead. That's the confession that you got. And the Bible says, as many as received him, a wide receiver, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Say, preacher, but that's too easy. No, it's not too easy. I fought with that. People fight with that because we want to earn our way. Why? So then we don't have to owe anybody. But you see, I owe Jesus. Jesus saved me, and now I owe him my life. Abraham also received the inheritance, verses 13 to 16. 
For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. It didn't come through the circumcision and through Moses, but through the righteousness of faith. Moses was like, uh, Abraham was like 400 years before Moses, way before Moses. And yes, Abraham paid tithe way before Moses. This was before the law and before Exodus. This is Genesis, a long time ago. But the Bible said, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect because the law worketh wrath. You know that the law can basically just convict you. If you keep the law, you're not just innocent. You might just not have been caught yet, right? Or if you haven't been caught and you're breaking the law. But the Bible says the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. When we take the law out of the way and base it on faith, then you can't be a lawbreaker if it's not based on the law. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And so Paul says, whether it's a Jew or a Gentile, we need to receive what God has with Abraham's faith. The Bible shows us many times, just look at this word receive or received in the Bible. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, they received salvation. Then they gladly received his word and they were baptized. James chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Is it really able to save me? That's what the Bible says over and over again. How about receiving strength if you need strength? Then Peter said in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Man, if Jesus is all you got, you got enough, huh? And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received what? Strength. They're like, we got it from here. Not only strength, but coordination. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because he received that God. Can you heal me? I'm allergic to poison ivy. And in Florida, there's plenty of it, right? Especially if you mow lawns. And I've taken to where it gets bad. I have to buy stuff and to, to, to treat it. And I'll just put my hand over the place where it looks like it's breaking out. And I'll just pray over it. And I'll rebuke it. But I'll, I'll receive the power of Jesus Christ to heal it. And if people might think that's crazy, but guess what? It works. <laughs> and you know, the name of Jesus can still heal. The name of Jesus is still something we can receive. The Bible said John the Baptist talked about receiving the Holy Ghost. He said, I baptize you with water. There's coming one mightier than I. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And then John chapter 20 and verse 22, Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He didn't say work for the Holy Ghost. A lot of times people think, well, I'm not good enough to receive the Holy Ghost. Duh. That's why God said you need to receive it. You're not buying the Holy Ghost. This isn't the law. You need power. God said, here it is. We have to receive it. 
the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, and the Bible says the apostles heard people got saved. So they went down to where this revival was happening and uh, they would pray that they would receive the Holy Ghost. And they laid hands on these people, newly saved people, and they received the Holy Ghost. Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? What am I saying? God wants you to receive. Receive salvation. Receive uh, strength. Receive healing. Receive the Holy Ghost. But I, I, I want to work for it. That's what I'm saying. God doesn't want you to work for it. He wants you to be a wide receiver. And we'll say, preacher, what am I supposed to do? Well, Abraham was going to be blessed. And then Abraham was going to be a blessing. But you have to get blessed first before you're a blessing. Right? Verse 17 to 21, Abraham received the posterity. What are those? People in the future. Kids, grandkids. As it is written, verse 17, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead or makes alive the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Man, I like that. God does well in the impossible. God can just speak something into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light, just like that. Who... Against hope, Abraham believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, which means not able to reproduce uh, children. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, who was 90, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded, I like this, that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, faith doesn't just say, God can. You know what faith said? God will. There's a big difference. Faith said, God will. I remember my, my wife said, my daughter was in the hospital when she was just a few days old and my, my, my wife said, is she going to be okay? And I said, Yes. And I'm like, how am I going to say that? And she goes, promise? And I'm like, oh. And I said, yes. Well, preacher, were you promising on your power? Absolutely not. But in faith, God did a work. God did a work. So just like Abraham, we need to accept the posterity, the identity as the posterity or the future people of Abraham. That's you and that's me. We need to receive it. Therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. To whom it shall be imputed, you and I, the posterity of Abraham, if we believe on him. Look at that. That raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. People want to make religion so complicated. It's pretty simple. Just believe Jesus. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again. For our justification. I've got about two minutes, but um, I preached a message some time ago. Three things you do with a gift. What do you do with the gift? Well, the first thing you do if someone hands you a gift, right? You receive it. Oh, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What do you do next? Your parents will help you with this because kids get gifts all the time. Just skip the next step. Say thank you. What do you say? You know, you say that to your kids. 
God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for healing me. Well, I don't feel it, but I'm thanking God for it because I received it. Thank you for that financial blessing. I thank God for stuff and I'm still thanking him as I though I received it because I received it. And I'm just waiting to check for it to actually show up. But by faith, I'm like, it's here. Really? So you're crazy. I'm not crazy. God answers prayer. And uh, what do you do the next thing? You open that gift. You open that salvation. You open that healing. You open that whatever it is. Those are the three things you do with gifts. Abraham received God's righteousness, inheritance, and posterity. And in John chapter 6, verse 21, I'm about done. There was after the, the Peter walked on the water with Jesus and Jesus was walking on the water. I like this. It said, then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Man, they received Jesus and it was like a hydrofoil. They, they were just there. You know, I believe that if we receive Jesus, he will get us where we need to go. You've got to let him in. Be a wide receiver. Romans chapter 4, faithful. God bless you is our prayer. Let's dismiss in prayer.